Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. You're tuned into Life is a Sacred Journey. Every week, we bring a new perspective to aging and caregiving. Here is your host, Michelle Pope. Good afternoon or good evening wherever you are in the virtual life and community of Life is a Sacred Journey. My name is Michelle Pope and I am the host of Life is a Sacred Journey along with a bunch of people that join me every single Friday morning at 8 a.m. on Facebook Live. And then on YouTube we have a whole other set of folks and Instagram, so please hit that share button um, and share Life is a Sacred Journey. We are so thankful for our listenership, viewership, people who write in and, and say we want to be on your show, and so I want to thank all of our guests that, uh, that have come for the last five weeks or so. Today you get me all by yourself, all by myself, um, and we will resume with some guests in the next week or two. It takes us time to get them all uh, signed up and wrapped up. And so um, a big shout-out to my producer, Felicia. Uh, Please shout-out to her. She is amazing. And um, I called her on Saturday because I am not computer savvy at all. And I was trying to make a grid for a very important work that I'm doing with a group called the Good Trouble Fellowship. And she was visiting with her in-laws And I didn't know that because I just called out for help, and she took time out to help me uh, to make that that happen. So I just want to say thank you, Felicia. Uh, You are an amazing producer. I could not have asked for um, a better person to partnership with uh, to bring Life is a Sacred Journey to the virtual community, uh, to the world, because we have folks all over the world that share this moment, this space and time with all of you. So good morning. I want to say that again. And then I have something to say uh, that I want to thank my sister Betty. She watches. She's a one, I think this way. (laughs) She's a one, uh, watches, and she saw our uh, conversation with Roz, and she tried, she got this hook thing from me. Um, and she sent it to the office. It came when I wasn't here or I was here and I didn't hear them. And um, finally I got this, and I want you to know, Sister Betty, I have used this at Dunkin' Donuts uh, because they don't have the, uh, what do you call those doors, automatic doors, 
So thank you, thank you, and thank you. So get this. This is an amazing tool. And I'm, I don't know what TSA is going to do when I start traveling again, but um, it comes in a pack of four. So if they take it away from me, I'll just replace it when I get back home. <laughs> or I'll put it in my suitcase. There you go. There you go. But this is a very cool item. Thank you, Rosalind, for this great, uh, wonderful thing. And you open the door with it. You hook this into the door and you can open the door. It does not look like it works, but it works. This is amazing. So thank you, Betty. Thank you, thank you. Um, and I want to remind you about the mask now. Um, somebody asked me a question and I want to clarify. This is an N95 mask, okay? And so an N95 mask, the difference between the N95 and, of course, this mask, this is made of a fabric. And the person that made it was smart. They put a little uh, wire in here so that you can shape it around your nose. And it's the same size, basically. The difference is this has in the inside, it has this, this fabric that absorbs moisture. And then it has a double filter. While this is a great mask, if you're going to uh, be in a social environment where there are people who have not been in your social bubble and you're not going to do social distancing and you're not going to, you know, do some of the things like uh, have less than 5, 10, 15 people, then you need this mask because this, is, this mask will help from any particles coming through to you. Um, or to other people. So this is a really, the N95, they're out there now. You can get them. And what I'm saying is make this be your social mask and then use this when you're doing other stuff. These, when you wash them, I'm noticing my mask are shrinking because um, I put them in the dryer to kill any extra germs after I wash them by hand. And then, you know, uh, but they're shrinking because they're made out of cotton. Many of my friends have made them out of a cotton fabric, which is wonderful because cotton breathes. Synthetics for people like myself with asthma are very, very difficult. I cannot sit in an N95 mask for more than maybe an hour and a half without having to take it off. Also, 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 the mask covers the nose. Every time I see people like this, I want to cringe. You may as well not have the mask on. Yes, you are not spitting out any particles, but you're taking in particles right up through your nose. So mask etiquette, mask protocol, um, and we're done there. So when I, we, we decided to come to you this morning, Felicia and I were trying to figure out what would be the best topic to talk about. And I thought, let's take a cornucopia of issues or things that are coming up. And I want to start this morning by talking about um, something that is important to many of our viewers that are Medicare eligible. So the Medicare um, open enrollment date started yesterday, October 15th, and it will run through December 7th. And I know that seems like you have a lot of time, but you don't because you got a little bit of research to do. Um, I want you to check your mailbox uh, if you haven't already received the Medicare plan or something from the Social Security um, Department. Go to a website or have somebody go to a website and print that up for you so that you can really look at it because there are some changes this year 
in the, or for 2021, in the prescription and drug plan. And many of us are on more than one pharmaceutical um, prescription or taking a prescription, and we want to make sure we protect that, or we want to make sure we know what changes, how much Medicare is paying or not paying. And then you want to know the difference in your coverage in Medicare Part B, um, so that if there's any changes, we are finding that there are some folks that um, are Medi-Medi, which means Medicare and Medi-Cal, and what they're finding is that they are, um, they are they're getting a, cost, a share of cost that is so high that they cannot afford to take advantage of the services that Medi-Cal even covers because they can't afford the share of costs. And so we're working with um, those families and legal aid for seniors um, is also. So please, if you're experiencing any of that out in your world, make sure you get a hold of us and um, here at Alzheimer's Services of the East Bay and we will direct you or call the Medicare field office. The Social Security office, I believe, is closed. Um, but you can go online and get their 1-800 number or get a number for your local um, Medicare office and get somebody on the phone and have a conversation. You may have to get on the phone at the crack of dawn so that you're not in a queue that goes until the end of the day, but it's worth doing so because if you are a person that has those benefits in your life, you want to maintain them and you want to be able to make sure you have something for the long haul. The other thing that I, I um, wanted to talk about um, right away is uh, the idea of the flu shot. I just got my letter from Kaiser yesterday, and they were talking about um, it's time and that they have drive-through um, uh, flu shot uh, locations. So any, I think everybody's doing that. So I'm a person that is going to go get my flu shot very soon here. I was kind of holding off but it sounds like the flu is starting and it sounds like we're seeing some more COVID cases. So let's make sure we know the difference uh, if we are having, uh, what is it, COVID symptoms or flu symptoms. So if we can prevent from having either one, that would be great. So yes, good morning and welcome to Life is a Sacred Journey. I am so thankful to all of you for being here today and I appreciate everything that you uh, do in the world, uh, in your perspective communities. I know there's people out there, I see the names coming up, that you're doing work uh, helping the uh, people who are living and trying to get through poverty. We are living right now in the worst recession since World War II. And so what does that mean to those of us that are out there already living on the fringes, and how do we make sure that we can make it through this time? And I think it's community. I think the only way that we're going to be able to make it through this time is if we truly take on those concepts of community. And that means when you need help, reach out and talk to somebody that you trust have somebody walk with you so that you're not walking alone, and let's work together. If you need a cup of milk or you need food or you need something in your home or something, excuse me, to make sure that you're okay, you, your prescriptions picked up, groceries picked up, there's plenty of people in your bubble that are able to get out and about and, and can help and, and are willing to help. So just pick up the phone, call them, send them an email, send them a text, 
have a conversation, and let's really work through this pandemic together. All of us are not able to go out every single day, but there are those of us that can. And, and if we know that you need a gallon of milk, I'm sure that we would be able to go by and pick it up. If we know that you need toilet paper, somebody will go by and pick it up. They may not come into your house and visit with you, but they can drop it off just like Amazon and give you a wave, and that's much better because then you get to see somebody who cares about you and loves you and wants to be a, a part of your life in a way that they're providing support. All right, so those are things that we can do for each other. I want to talk a minute about um, grief, and the reason I want to talk about that is because uh, I had a conversation with a young person that's in my life, and this young person has been dealing with an extreme amount of depression, anxiety, and grief. And I realize I'm not too far away from there. The only difference is that I have so much to do in my life that I get up every morning and I just push through all of it, all of it. And I have people who depend upon me. That doesn't mean that I don't have anxiety, depression, and grief from time to time. But I want to speak to that. Last week we talked about the suicide prevention hotline, the 1-800 number, and I'll look it up or we, you can look it up and put it in the chat for somebody else uh, while I'm going through some of the things that we can do to get through those moments of grief. The other reason I thought about it is the holiday season is coming up. And this will be, for me, the first holiday that I've ever experienced not being able to plan for my family being together. We are together from Halloween all the way <laughs> all the way through New Year's Eve. I mean, we try to plan and get as much time together in, whether it be Thanksgiving or the, the Christmas dinner or uh, we have a birthday in uh, three days before, for before Christmas in our family. And so we're constantly celebrating. We also have um, people who have passed away in our family around the holiday season that creates an extreme amount of grief for us, but we've learned how to find joy in the living, and so that's why being together is so important. Now we have this pandemic. What do we do in order to get to the time where we're going to be celebrating the holiday season in a way that we can really feel like we're connected to our family and others. I think a virtual carol sing. I know at, our, at Concord United Methodist Church every year we have a carol sing, and we invite the community. People don't have to be members of our church. So we may be doing that virtually this year. But you too can have your own personal holiday party with a carol sing. Uh, uh, I was thinking about uh, one of my friends, Wanda Wallace, uh, from Remax uh, Accord, she works in the real estate world, and she wants to do a virtual pumpkin carving uh, party. And I'm all ready for that, you know. And and so let's think of things that you can do virtually to bring people in together. It doesn't have to be a big boo-ha-ha, but it, it has to be something where you can come together and support each other, laugh, and talk about, you know, just any old thing. You, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way we can pet, play Uno virtually. I know there's, you can do it by using apps, but I want to do it 
where we're playing the game together with the cards because I think it will make it more hilarious. And the thing that I know about grief and I, the thing I know about getting through the changes of uh, all these things in life, if you can find a place to laugh, if you can find a place to find joy, that is the place that will provide you that little, uh, uh, you know, it's like being on a trampoline. Joy is like a trampoline. You can think of it that way. And when you jump on joy, and joy starts getting you feeling good, and you start laughing, and you start feeling good about yourself and your environment, it doesn't mean that the world has stopped. It doesn't mean that grief has totally gone away, but you have a moment to cleanse. And then scientifically, laughing is good for you. It is one of the best things for you. It shakes off all kinds of uh, things, and it creates enzymes in your blood that allow you to feel so good. And so laughing through our grief sometimes, and then you'll notice, sometimes people will say, well, that person wasn't crying. They looked like they were smiling. For some people, to get through grief, that's what they do. There's a, they have a smile on their face, but that doesn't mean that they're not feeling pain inside, and that's where judgment of other people and how they should behave or perform under any situation is not ours, and we need to leave people alone and stop worrying about how they're behaving under life, life's experiences and just co concentrate on our inner selves. We also want to identify that we are going through grief. Um, I was reading on Facebook, one of my friends was talking about they were feeling the tremendous loss at this moment of one of their parents and how much they missed their parents. And I've been an orphan for, for quite some time, and um, I miss my parents. I, I have to say that. And, and um, even though I am a spiritual person and I believe that my parents are still and around me and guiding me through the idea of their physical presence is is very creates pain for me sometimes um and so how do we get beyond that and how do we create places of celebration around that form of grief and that form of grief will come up from time to time birthday holidays or even just in that moment i don't know i have moments sometimes when um, my oldest child, who many of you know I lost many, 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 many years ago, um, when um, there's an items of clothing that I still kept, and now that I'm purging, I realize even though it's been over a decade, uh, the, the clothing still smells like him. And so when I, when I, I uh, was going through some boxes in my garage and I found that T-shirt, it brought back but I'm at a place now where I can smile and celebrate a life that walked very wonderfully through my life and be thankful and grateful that I had the opportunity. So we get there over time, but there's a reason the T-shirt was in a box, right? I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to be around it. I needed it to be away uh, for a moment, but now... Um, it's, it's back. It's back in, in a space in my room um, so that if I need a moment to be or feel that person's essence again. So grief is something we need to, to, to be with. Grief is not something we need to ignore, and grief is not something that we need to be ashamed of. We just have to be with it and move with it and ebb and flow with it, just like the trees do with the wind, just like they're doing right now in all these windy days. So identify your grief. 
Understand that the longer you live, we're going to have more grief to live with because we're going to experience more losses. And right now, we're dealing with so many levels of loss, primary, secondary, loss of family that are alive, but we can't go see them. I can't imagine how uh, people who cannot go into these assisted livings and some of these places where their loved ones are sheltering in place and, and living in place, particularly with Alzheimer's, you know, as our friend Chris Bravo said, you know, he's worried. What, is his mother not going to remember him? You know, so let's, let's understand that grief is something that we live with, that we cope with, and we have to identify that we're living through it. Grief and loss during COVID-19 is expected and unpredictable, and it will come and go as we, as we live out these continued days. I do want you to come to a realization, though, that I had to come to the other day. We're going to be living this reality for a really long time. And so because of that, instead of wishing for what we want to happen, the future is going to happen. And, and, and it's going to happen whether we live or die or whatever. The future is going to happen. So let's live in this moment. How can we make this time the best time of our lives within the constructs and within the context of what we have to live with? And let's stop being, let's stop pining for something that we cannot have right now. I want to go hug my son and my daughter-in-law so badly. I want to touch them so badly. You have no idea. I grieve that. But at the end of the day, I'm going to pick up the phone a little bit more. I've called. I've texted them. I, they know. And, and we're keeping each other safe. So I'm not going to pine over it. I'm not going to make it make me sad. I'm just going to try to figure out other ways to celebrate the relationship that I have with them. And if it has to be through Zoom or doing, um, you know, like I did when I went by their house in August, talking to myself outside their door, leaving something, then so be it. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right because as long as we're all alive, we still have the ability to connect with each other. And that's what I'm looking forward to right now staying healthy so that when this is over, we can come back together as a family in the way that we're accustomed. My backyard looks so, so unhappy because um, we haven't used it at all in, in 2020. So 2021 uh, is going to see a lot of parties back there. So know that our grief is, is unpredictable. Find meaning in your in your in your life. You know, this is a place where we're we're looking for meaning. All of us are looking for meaning. And I find as I get older, I try to make uh oh look at my chair. You guys are seeing that I'm cheap and I have a chair that's falling apart. I got all the stuff that came off of it because I rub my chair. <laughs> um the 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 finding meaning in our lives is so important. You know, um, doing that in a way where you're finding who you are, what you like, your voice, and then finding a meaning and purpose that there is nothing else that will get in the way of that. You know, I'm finding that I love puzzles. I love doing um, finding those things that are lost in the picture, like you look at one and then you look at the other and you have to figure out which is one. I love doing that. I love adult coloring books. I love gardening. I've, I've purchased more plants. You're going to start to see more plants here in, the, in my office because I just decided, you know what, I'm going to just start planting and creating life all around me, all around me, you know. So 
that, you know, those kinds of things, going for longer walks or even shorter walks just around the block and doing more of them during the day. Finding, you know, uh, Angela Brown is a good friend of mine, and the other day we were talking, and she was talking about um, we forget that there is life everywhere. And she talked about the cracks in the highway where when you look down sometimes and you're on the highway and you can see um, something growing up through that crack on a highway, like on an overpass, and you're trying to figure out, wait a minute, under this platform is, is air. How did that thing get in that crack and grow and find? Because life always finds a way. Life always finds a way, no matter what. We strive to, to be the best that we can be, but we, we also are so inundated by negative messaging and media and, and stuff that just makes us feel ill about ourselves that we spend more time there. I call it the Eeyore syndrome. I love Winnie the Pooh, and I love Eeyore. But Eeyore can get on my nerves sometimes because Eeyore stays in that place not always, because sometimes Winnie and Tigger and them bring him out. But sometimes he can be in that place. He's the naysayer, naysayer for everything. And some of us are like that. You know who you are out there in virtual land. We're like that. We just we that when somebody says something, we can't wait to say it won't work. It's not possible. No. Instead of thinking about the possibilities, what are the possibilities? the possibilities of something great and phenomenal coming out of that. Instead of looking for the thing that is the worst of what could happen, what's the best that could happen? What's the best that could happen? Just like I had to do that with the stupid flu shot, you know, because I hate vaccines and things. I'm worried about them. I don't know if they're good for us, bad for I don't know. But, I, but I, I, I'm like, eh, I don't want to put something foreign in my body. I'm really trying to age holistically. Ah, ah, ah. So I thought to myself, what's the worst that could happen, Michelle? Well, the worst that could happen is that I could have a mild case of the flu. Okay. All right. Or I could end up with full-blown flu, mess up my immune system, make myself more susceptible to pneumonia and other things. Here's the scale. <laughs> so we went and got the flu shot after I fought it for like five years. I went and got it last year, actually. It was the first time I got it. And so, so those are the kinds of things that you have to do with yourself. You have to convince yourself to be positive because, unfortunately, in the last decade, we have been taught to be the most negative people, the most negative people, and to not see joy not only in ourselves but in others, and that we just wallow in it. It's just like this place that we wallow in. And that's why we're fighting all this stuff in ourselves and in others. And so let's make a pledge to each other between now and the end of the year that we are going to only look for the good and when our brains go into what I call the monkey mind, when the monkey mind takes over and we are trying to be all negative and thinking that we know everything and that we have the right to judge another person's behavior or whatever, let's go to the place of the heart. 
and they then say to ourselves, there for the grace of God go I. I could be making that bad decision. I could be behaving in that way. None of us are, are immune to behavior that is not appropriate or um, that lacks the value system that we want to represent. We all get there. You know, I got there the other day in my head. It didn't come out because I'm getting much better. <laughs> I'm getting much better at controlling my anger about stuff, and, and uh, I'm learning to shut my mouth when I'm upset about things because I, I, um, I, there's a truck driver side to me in my head uh, that, that remains in my head <laughs> you know, uh, about things, things that upset me, things that, uh, that are oppression of those who are living in poverty, oppression of children, oppression of seniors, oppression of animals. You know, any of those kinds of things just get me going, and I start to get all upset and weirded out and yeah, so uh, the underdog, I love the underdog, right? I'm always shooting for the underdog and to bring um, that person to the forefront as a hero or shero um, because I think sometimes we, we only see what we want to see. So making sure that we're asking for help. This is from... Christine Wong, I read her article called It's Pocketworthy, and she said, we need to make sure we ask for help during these times. Learn to ask for help. And I just learned to do that in the last 15 years or so, myself, asking for help. Because I was taught you, you just suffer through whatever's going on, you stay silent, you get through it, and, and people will not know your business, because people will use it against you, and yes, people will, and yes, people do, but at the end of the day, there are people out there who want to help you when you need help. We have to try to make the best of bad things that happen in our lives, <clears throat> excuse me, so that we can move into the good things and we can see the good things. We can't dwell on our mistakes and our shortcomings because we all have them and we all do make mistakes, and we have to stop worrying too much about what other people think. It doesn't mean that we want people running around breaking the societal values and morals, but at the end of the day, you got to do you. And if you're doing your authentic you without uh, pressing other people and hurting other people, it's all good, you know, like wearing these glasses in a meeting when nobody else is wearing these kind of glasses because I think they're the coolest things. Thank you, Brenda, for giving me the courage to buy the kind of glasses that I love. Uh, those are the kinds of things. Just do you. And if you do it with integrity and love and compassion, you're... <laughs> <laughs> what else do we need? We don't need anything else from each other. And whatever your, whatever your shortcomings are, those are your shortcomings, and those are my shortcomings. And if I do something that offends or that is wrong, come to me in love, and I will be more than happy to apologize. That's the good thing about making a mistake, is that we begin to humble ourselves and have to go to a place of apology, and that is a great place to be with another human being, to be humbled to the place that you made a mistake and that you can go to the person and say you're sorry. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. 
and that you can embrace each other in love and affection and move on to a higher level of humanity with each other. So with the COVID, with Black Lives Matter and all of the things that are happening in our world today, we have come to a place in our existence as a humanity where coming together is more important than ever. But we can't do it in a rhetoric kind of way. We have to do it with intentionality and purpose. We have to be mindful that the best authentic self that we can be can only be if we do our own work before we come out of our house. And I'm not talking about our structural house. I'm talking about our humanity house. Thinking before we speak, looking at people with love and affection, knowing that whether you're a person of faith or not, that as a humanity we have an obligation to be kind to each other. Obligation to be kind to each other. And that means sometimes you may have to sacrifice something. Hmm. Sacrificing something for a stranger, for somebody you don't know, is one of the most amazing experiences you can have doing something for somebody you don't even know. Have no idea what the outcome's going to be, but you do it anyway. It's a great feeling. We're coming to the end of our time here at Life is a Sacred Journey, but before we go, I want to make sure that I hear from you guys. How are you all doing out there in virtual land? Write in the chat um, and let us know how you're doing. Um, how you doing? What you doing out there? Not stealing from Wendy Williams because I don't want her suing me. Actually, she's not the person that said how you doing. Do you all know who it was? Do you know? Write it in the chat, and then I'll give you a few minutes. The first person that said how you doing? It was Joey <laughs> on Friends when he was flirting. He said how you doing? Right. Okay, so before I leave you today, ah, my cousin, hey, my cousin, love you, all the way from South Africa, you better still be in South Africa and not in the U.S., because I I will get you, but I know you are, because you can't travel, so Pope Gerard is uh, my wonderful, beautiful cousin, um, and he lives in South Africa. He, you probably have seen his face on different fashion magazines and definitely in some movies and so forth, but um, he has joined us this morning from South Africa. Good to see you. I love you. Love you. And, and so before I leave today, I'm going to leave you with this. We always have to be the change that we want to see in the world we can't look at other people to rescue us and save us. We have to be that change. And it doesn't matter who we vote for or who we, who we think we follow. We have to be the ones to go into the world and be that change. It is mega, mega important. And if you see something going on, that is not right, speak up, say something, do something, and let's change this world. I think our young people are waiting on us 
to join them arm in arm to make a change in this world. And I want to thank all my friends, all my young friends, my millennials and um, Generation Z, X, Y, whatever you are, I want to thank all of you for allowing me to learn from you. You are generations of love. You are generations that have decided that gender doesn't matter, that race doesn't matter, and that you're living out a new existence. And I am so happy that you've allowed me to get on the train with you. Allow the rest of us to be patient with us, be willing to learn from us too because we have some wisdom that you don't have yet. But let's change this world together. Let's do it together. And us older folks, listen, listen, and listen. And stop telling these young people that they're wrong so much. Change the way you have conversation and dialogue with young people. And to the LGBTQIA plus community, we just had um, coming out day. To all of you, I have to say, I just saw the best commercial the other day. I shared it on Facebook. It's from Nabisco and at Oreo Cookies, my favorite cookies in the whole wide world. And it's about a dad whose heart softens around his daughter and the, and the woman that she loves. And it is magnificent. And I say the same to you, LGBTQI+, friends, colleagues, family members. Be patient. Stop beating us up when we get it wrong. Walk with us. Share your story. Share your journey. But do it in love. Because we don't know. We don't understand. And if you yell at us, and you make us feel stupid, then we just close down. So let's come together and talk. So it's been my honor and always my privilege to come to you every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming. I send you a big virtual hug out there. Share, talk about it, have other people join us, and um, I'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. Peace. Oh, and...